good morning church and welcome to the fourth week of our series on redeeming your time uh, I wanted to share uh, firstly there's a there was a cartoon that um, one of the pastors had when I was uh, probably around about the age of 20 up in his office and had this guy sitting at a desk and and basically the cartoon portrayed this idea that he was faithful in doing the work that God gave him and then it shifts to the next slide and it has mountains of books sitting on his desk and basically he goes something but I have so much work to do that I'm going to live forever and I suppose that's the feeling we get it some sometimes is that we are just constantly overwhelmed by doing more stuff or needing to get more stuff done and this becomes this I suppose in our culture this constant striving for more but when we look at scripture we constantly see that Jesus is embracing rest and God did not design our bodies to work hard forever with no breaks. And so there are today I want to look at three distinct rhythms that enable us to be productive with our goals and our souls. Well, quickly, where we started with this series is uh, looking at Ephesians 5, 15 to 17, where it says where God commands us to redeem the time so that we can do the will of the Lord. And we've covered five of the seven principles so far. First, we started with uh, principle number one, start with the word. Principle number two, let your yes be yes. So say something, do it, write it down. Don't have these open loops in your life. Principle number three, descent from the kingdom noise or kingdom of noise. And and so basically take some time away, for, get away from some of those things. Don't be bombarded by everything. Principle number four, prioritize your yeses. So that, that means we say yes to maybe less things, but they're better things. We By prioritizing yeses, it means that we will say no to some things, and that's okay. Uh, and principle number five, accept a unipresence. God is omnipresent. We are unipresent. There we can only be at one place at one time, and so that's really important for us to know. And so today, hopefully it will feel like a, a bit of a, um, a deep breath. A breath of uh, a fresh, fresh air, as Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, part of this idea with this this verse is that a yoke is a burden that you do take on, but. Um, a pastor many years ago, he said that in the Greek, that when it translates this down, it says that my yoke fits well. Um, and it's not that it's like it's not heavy or we're not carrying any weight. It means that we are taking on the yoke that fits well and we are partnered with Christ in that. And so with that in mind, let me introduce the six timeless time management principles of this series. Principle number six, embrace productive rest. So to redeem our time in the model of our Redeemer, we must embrace the God-designed rhythms of rest, which are at times goes against the thinking of our productive or effective society. Um, see, we live in a hustle culture. If you want to get more done, the world will often tell you to work harder, burn the midnight oil, or sleep when you're dead. Like a phrase that I use probably too often is that, oh, sleep's overrated. You can always get more sleep. But the biblically based truth is that rest is important for us um, to be wildly productive. Here's a phrase I want you to hold on to. In order to do more, most of us need to do less. 
and rest more. In order to do more, most of us need to do less and rest more. So with that in mind, what are these God-designed rhythms? Where do we see Jesus implementing these examples of rest? Well, first of all, in daily breaks. We see Jesus um, displaying this first rhythm in Mark 6, 31 and 32. Um, and and basically there's this idea that um, all these all these people had been coming to Jesus and disciples and they were working so hard. And, and we pick up in, in verse 31, then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by, by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary pace. See, the thing is, disciples and Jesus were ministering. There was a crowd there. And so many times we feel like we've got to wait till the crowd goes away and that's when we stop. Or we've got to wait till people stop needing us and then we'll stop. And and Jesus was in the mid- middle of a busy time of ministry and he took the disciples away. They had been working hard. They had been doing these things. But Jesus recognized that what his disciples really needed and what was going to be best for everyone was rest. Most of us treat our days as sprints, going as hard and as fast as we can until we finally collapse in the afternoon. This is not how God designed us to run. God created us to operate not as if we were in a sprint or a marathon, but a workout. And so that being said, we need to create space to recharge. We need to create space to switch off. Many um, great leaders, um, even though they are running maybe large organizations or highly effective businesses, they realize they need to build in their time. Uh, if they put everything back to back in their in their timetable, they don't actually create space for their, their minds to rest and to settle and in so to be creative, to problem solve, to, to fix problems that are in, in their business or, or their churches. And God has designed us that way to actually have, take time to to fill ourselves up again so that we can be more effective. So that's on a, a daily break. Second um, rhythm is nightly sleep. Um, although we see Jesus getting up early to spend uh, time with his father, we also see him prioritizing sleep in the passage about Jesus calming the storm. Um, and we often skip over the part where Jesus was sleeping. Jesus was in the storm, sleeping on the cushions, and the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? In Mark 4.38. If you skip back to the beginning of that chapter, you see it's been a long day of teaching for Jesus. So when they got in the boat that evening, Jesus was getting his rest. There are negative effects of not enough sleep, including decreased work performance. And a Matthew Walker, a renowned sleep expert, um, says a failure to get adequate sleep is worse for your performance than showing up to work drunk. Lack of sleep affects your immune system, can seriously affect us mentally. But the benefits of adequate sleep you can concentrate better at work and at home. You can perfect your skills you've learned throughout the day when, when you're asleep. And according to studies, more sleep equals more potential income. Now, that does not mean that if you sleep at work or you sleep through church or sleep at other times or sleep excessively, you're going to make more money. It means that if you are well rested, you have the ability to work harder, to think more, to, to be in a position where you earn more money. Um, you're... Creative problem-solving solving skills are enhanced. Some of the things that can rob us of sleep are, are too much work. We can get to the point where we have that kingdom of noise thing happening in our heads, and we get to the point where we are unable to, um, to rest and to slow down. We've got too much going on in our head, worry or planning or, or whatever else that we jam into it. Maybe we've got poor habits. 
Maybe we've got a habit of not going to bed on time or doing things before bed that sort of will rob us of doing that. Too much work can be a problem, but not enough work. There are days when like I'm, I'm having that lazy day off and basically what happens is I, I spend too much day on, too much time on the couch and I, I, wait, I feel actually more tired than if I've been exercising. So exercise, getting up and moving around, doing some things can actually help prepare us for sleep more so than doing nothing. Um, it could be a season. Um, if you've got young kids, if you've got babies in the house, if you've got a, a busy time at work that will, will end at some point in time, that, that will rob you. And what you've got to make sure is that that season doesn't become the normal. It's okay to have a season where all of a sudden we are sort of eclipsed by um, what we normally do, but don't let it become normal. Um, we need to value sleep as a way of honouring God. Remember when we started the series, um, God commands us to redeem the time so we can do the will of the Lord. And I hope you can see how a nightly sleep makes us more productive as we work on behalf of God's agenda in the world. The third rhythm I want to look at today is the Sabbath. And we've talked about breaks throughout your day and getting good sleep. And now we come to the rhythm that you've probably all heard of, um, but maybe don't fully embrace or understand, which is the Sabbath. So many people view Sabbath as a boring, legalistic, life-sucking chore and for, for somewhat good reasons. In Mark 3, Jesus appears to agree that some had turned the Sabbath into something other than life-giving gift of God. Um, and, and, and we saw that in the reading from Mark 3 earlier. And, and basically what happened, we, we see the situation where Jesus is basically examined for healing someone on the Sabbath. And Jesus asked him this question, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to evil, to save life or to kill? And the Pharisees remained silent. Now talk about life-sucking legalism, literally. Here are the Pharisees criticizing Jesus for doing something life-giving because it didn't adhere to the letter of the, of the law of the Sabbath. But Jesus didn't say the law is irrelevant. He said the Pharisees were completely missing the point. In the passage that immediately precedes this one, Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. What did Jesus mean by that? A quick history of the Sabbath. The first Sabbath day was the seventh day of creation. Jesus 2, 2, uh, two, and two to 3 says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work he'd done. It's interesting to note that the Sabbath is the first holy object in history. On the previous six days, God saw that he had made everything he had made and he deemed it good or very good. But Sabbath was the first thing that God called holy. So God rested on thus creating the first Sabbath. But it's not until Mount Sinai that God commands the Israelites to imitate his rhythm of working for six days and resting one. Exodus 28 9 records this. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. He goes a bit further in the next two verses in 10 and 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. So the Sabbath is about mimicking God's rhythm of work and rest, taking a break to simply enjoy him and the good things he's given us through our work. But it's also something else. 
Consider the context of when the Ten Commandments were handed down to Moses. These commandments were just were given just weeks after Israel's exodus from Egypt, where they had been in slavery for more than 400 years. That's more than four centuries worth of back-breaking work under the hands of ruthless slave masters screaming, get back to work, or maybe make your work harder. Um, yes, the Sabbath is about stepping back and sa- uh, saying of our work and our lives, this is very good, but it's also saying no to the tyranny of more. It's about declaring our freedom from slavery. It's an invitation to stop, stop working, stop striving, stop hustling, to just stop. Sounds pretty life-giving in the midst of our modern-day hustle culture, right? Okay, so God rests and commands the Israelites to do the same. Now is when we get into trouble. Over time, God's people take the good gift of the Sabbath and regulate it more than the federal government, adding more than 1,500 rules of what you could and could not do on God's holy day. With the addition of all these man-made rules and regulations, Sabbath, which God created to be life-giving, became life-draining. So that's the historical backdrop of the exchange we read a few minutes ago between Jesus and the Pharisees. When Jesus said the Sabbath is for men, he was reminding us that Sabbath is not about keeping hundreds of rules. It's about enjoying God and his good gifts and declaring that we are no longer slaves. No longer slaves to sin, to Egypt, to employers, to clients, to marketers. No longer slaves to email, our smartphones, all the constant demand for more. We are free. Don't you see Sabbath is a gift? What could Sabbath, so what could Sabbath look like for you? What would it look like for you to cease and to feast on the Lord, his word and the good gifts he's given you and your family this week? I encourage you to spend some time really thinking that through. So we see the impact these three rhythms can have on our lives and productivity. And since the rhythms are God-designed and we see Jesus following them in Scripture, we should also take notice how they impact our souls as well. Taking breaks throughout your workday is productive for your soul because it reminds you that God doesn't need you to finish your to-do list. Getting a full night's sleep is productive for your soul because it reminds you that God is the only being who neither slumbers nor sleeps and thus doesn't need you or me to keep the world spinning. Sabbath is productive for your soul, but it could remind you at, that at all time, all time belongs to God and stands under the renewing lordship of Jesus Christ. And ultimately, all these rhythms of rest are productive for your soul because they are a means of preaching the gospel to yourself and those around you. Rest is a way of reminding ourselves that no matter what, um, no matter how productive we are, no matter how many good works we accomplish, we are God's beloved children in whom he is well pleased. So with that in mind, let's take some time to pray together. Father, thank you for the gift of rest. You modeled this so well during creation by resting on the seventh day. Help us to to take your example and apply it to our own busy schedules. God, we know your burden is easy and light and fits well. And thank you for inviting us to cease and to rest with you as your beloved children. Amen. Amen.